What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. In today's episode, I sit down with Eric, a really good friend of mine, marketing guru, sales guru. Uh, this guy really understands the dynamics of home service sales, and I think it's a big topic that we need to discuss. So why not invite him on to the Contractor Secrets Podcast, see if he can share some of his uh, valuable gems with us. So you're going to really enjoy this episode, and it starts right now. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right, they're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener, it's so much better, and that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time, and that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets podcast. Man, that's some pump up music. There. I know. I, I was wondering if it was also happening on your end. So. Man, I'm just like, man, golly. Ah, I love that, dude. So um, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Today, we're live in the Painting Contractors Facebook group. I'm here with a good friend of mine, Eric. He is the uh, head of Pathfinder Marketing. This guy knows Facebook like probably the back of his hand, um, and he's a wealth of information. And I think that, you know, Eric's part of this group, you know, you could agree. We get a lot of questions about, you know, how do we get our name out there, man? And I I wanted to bring Eric here because he's uh, passionate about not just um, that aspect of the business, but really just kind of, um, you know, making a name for yourself, uh, building an online presence that doesn't just have to be buying leads. Like, that's not what you're about. It's about keeping it professional. So, you know, Eric, man, for those listening, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast, man, and uh, have at it, man. Go ahead. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. It's been a, it's been a long time coming. Um, I mean, Tanner did a great job there. I mean, a little bit of my backstory, I used to work for a remodeling company uh, back in college, setting appointments for them, uh, managing tons and tons of leads and got really good at the appointment setting process, started running some ads for them and figured this thing out and was like, oh, remodeling companies will pay me a lot of money to do this. So the rest is kind of history, as they say. And yeah, I mean, I started in the e-commerce space. So I know ads and Facebook and Instagram, these platforms uh, better than I think anybody probably should. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty wild ride. So you just so really you just started a remodeling company, right? So let's kind of let's kind of relate you to the audience here. So, yeah, so yeah. you did that. So you you started you know offering services to people, but then you started your own remodeling company. I think you wanted to eat, sleep, and breathe what it is that you do, and I respect that, man. I think um, that'll that'll kind of help you not only in you know your own endeavors, but It'll help you relate to to the contractors that you serve. So wh what's up with that, man? Tell me about it. Yeah, that. here's the context behind that. So um, I actually, I didn't almost realize this until I started this company, but I come from a family of contractors. Uh, my uncle was on, had his own show on the Discovery Channel, uh, remodeling the city of Charleston and these different houses. Um, my brother's, his primary income is from uh, rental properties. Okay. He buys a lot of properties, renovates them. I've helped him on tons and tons of job sites. Um, so over the years of him remodeling these properties for rentals, he's learned a lot of stuff, right? He, right. I mean, he can remodel a full kitchen, a full bathroom. He can do a lot of stuff in the house. Um, so we, we've been talking about it for a while. Like, hey, I have this system. We can run these ads, bring in jobs, you know, just a, a few, right. nothing crazy that he can do to get cash flow to then put it into more properties. And for me, just being completely transparent, it's an amazing marketing ploy. 
for, for myself and Pathfinder, the company. Cause yeah. now I can say like, look, I'm drinking my own Kool-Aid. This is how good the system works that I said, screw it. I'm going to go start my own company with this. Yeah. Um, so it's a win-win for both me and my brother on that. And front. documenting it as you go, I assume. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've been documenting the entire thing just on my Instagram as it goes, the challenges yeah. I've faced all of it. So, so, you know, really when it comes to starting a business, let's talk about it. Cause a lot of people start a business and they're looking for that one thing to get them going. I'll tell you quickly how I started my business. Um, and what I did to get going, uh, first thing was, well, I come from a life insurance background. So I had the crazy idea that I'd actually be able to knock on doors and generate business. That was like no brainer to me because that's what I did with life insurance. And I was semi successful. I wasn't like crazy with it. I only did it for a few months, but I was like, well, ultimately anybody with a house is my customer, not only for the inside, but for the outside. So at the very least, I know I'm going to generate interest. I know I'm not trying to sell them a vacuum or a set of knives. Um, so I knock on 20 doors, half of them were at home. The other half said they weren't interested. And I'm like, okay, I can't do this because that just took an hour and a half. And I'm super demotivated and, you know, I have some money saved up, not a whole lot. I got to find something quicker. So I stumbled across the idea that I would buy leads. And what I came to realize when I bought leads was that um, some people had the job already taken care of. Some people um, were just looking. Some people weren't even interested. They just wanted to get a price. And next thing you know, I have a $500 bill and I have nothing to show for it. Um, and that was a home, that was my, my first home advisor experience. Mm -hmm. But then I, then I learned the power of nurturing leads. So why don't you tell me about that? Because nurturing doesn't just start from after you give an estimate. It actually starts from sometimes before you give an estimate and actually doing that follow-up. So why don't you tell me about from an appointment setter's point of view, somebody that has a lot of experience yeah. that tell me about what you would suggest to somebody who doesn't have sales experience, right? Cause most contractors don't, um, and that are interested in buying leads, but they don't know what that process looks like from start to finish on how to get that person that you actually interact with to purchase from you. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, I think I'd say 90% of that nurturing process starts way before you ever actually show up at their house, right? Those people you call that aren't interested right now, they were interested at some point when they filled out the form. So they're going to be ready, right? Um, I guess the biggest thing I'd say, not, not the best answer to it, but invest in yourself to learn sales. Like if that's the case, if you, if you started a business and you aren't good at the sales piece of it, go, go take Tanner's sales course, go find sales resources and invest in yourself and learn that. It's one of the best skills I think you can learn in any business. But sales, um, a lot of people might think is after you present or right around that 30 minute before you present that proposal. And I think that's a major misconception because selling happens way before that. Let's talk yeah. about pre-proposal because when we get to that proposal, even if it's sent through email and stuff, what you've done before that has a lot to do. That will sway the answer of yes or no. So let's let's maybe make that our focus. So, you know, getting a lead, what is the next step? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, like you, you said, a lot of it happens beforehand. Um, like when you call and schedule that appointment, um, you know, diving into, I know you've talked about it a few times, but like their pains, like, you know, walking them through a little bit of what their ideas for this project looks like, getting them excited about that, right? So you show up to the house, they're excited for you to come out and give them a quote versus the other people that they're just like, yeah, it's just another guy giving me a quote. Let's go deeper. What gets people excited? And I think you have to put yourself in the position of a homeowner, um, which I'm a recent homeowner of a couple of years. And I've had my fair share of contractors come through. And it's actually crazy that I have yet to be excited 
um, by any of them that have come by. I'm actually kind of intimidated, like, you know, when are they going to come or, or, you know, who's going to come? That's a worry and a concern. I'm 27. You know, I can hold my own. But maybe Janice, who's 60, might have an even greater fear or greater anxiety. And she might just withdraw when somebody calls. What is your like, how do we create that feeling of trust when someone hasn't met us? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to dive into all of it. I mean, the big part is like one, I mean, I know Tanner, you're big on this too. Like always find like, what are they actually looking to do? Right. Then once they're, you figure out what they're looking to do, I'm looking to remodel my bathroom. Okay, great. Dive in a little bit deeper. They say, yeah, you know, I'm looking to take out the tub, convert it to a shower. We're getting older. Okay, great. And, and, and Janice, have you noticed any like mold or mildew or any staining in there? pulling back the pain. She may not have even noticed that until you said it. And she's like, you know, there is some molding around the caulking and everything. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And now we have a little bit of a pain. We have a little bit of the need. And now you can do a little bit of that emotionally selling right there on the call. This is what I, the remodeling company I used to work for sold bathrooms, a lot of them. Um, and like we used an acrylic material specifically from a specific manufacturer. So then I would sell just a little bit on the phone call um, about that acrylic material. Janice, I get it. That's tough. So the nice part is like we actually use an acrylic material. Um, it's a non-porous material. So all that water and mildew, um, you're never gonna have to deal with that. Unlike, I'm trying to remember the right terms. It's been so long. Unlike the grout and tile um, or the fiberglass and those traditional right. materials. So, you know, when we have one of our designers come out, they'll be able to tell you a lot more about that. But, and then next part of the framework. So now they're kind of like, okay, yeah, I do have this problem. Man, this problem is bigger than I thought. And okay, like this person's already told me they kind of have a unique way that they may, able, may be able to solve this. Right. And I haven't even scheduled a time with them yet. So what you kind of narrowed down was like the why. You said what, but I think you meant why. The mm -hmm. why of what, like what's the purpose outside of the purpose. We know you want your bathroom remodeled, but why? You know, and it's like, I know you want your house painted. Duh, I'm here, but why? Because what I realized when I started asking that question was there was more reasons than just one, more reasons than two. There was actually four or five different reasons that I heard over and over and over again. So that means that I need to have four or five different sales approaches. Because mm -hmm. if I'm just approaching everyone the same way, which a lot of us do, then I'm really only giving myself one dimension and I'm only able to really attract to one of those five needs. So, for example, some people will say, well, Tanner, you know, we're getting ready to move. So I'm going to treat that person 100% differently than somebody that says, Tanner, this is our forever home. It's been 20 years. The kids just moved out and we want to freshen this up. So do you think I'm going to talk to the guy who's moving the same way I'm going to talk to this elderly couple who's finally ready to, or not elderly or middle-aged couple that's finally ready to settle into their place that, without kids banging up the walls? You know, absolutely. It's a totally different dynamic, different experience. And then the same breath, it's about educating. Now, are you going to talk to somebody about that wonderful acrylic product uh, who's getting ready to flip the house? Probably not. He's exactly. like, Eric, just make it look good, bro. Right. right. A little bit different. But that doesn't mean you can't sell that person. You just got to sell them differently. You got to be multifaceted. You have to have versatility in your sales process. Um, not only that, just your appointment process, because I'm sure you ran into people who, when you bought a lead or something, they just were like, oh, well, I'm not interested. Did you just hang up the phone or did they, or, or, or <laughs> what did you do when they told you that, oh, well, we were just looking for a price? Like what, what was your approach? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different kind of little like one liners you can put in there. Um, like, especially with some of the, 
less curated leads where they don't have to go through as much of a process. You know, they clicked a few buttons and they were a lead. You know, maybe they accidentally, like they were curious, but they genuinely maybe weren't that interested, right? Because the barrier to entry was low. Um, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to click that, right? You get that all the time. Totally cool. Tanner, real quick, before I let you go, can I ask you one last thing? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what's up? Um, so I know, you know, you probably got caught up in some stuff. I'm just curious, what was it about what you saw online that like attracted your attention? Right. Over now there. they open up a little bit. Now, now I got you. Yeah. Cause it's hard, believe it or not, to not answer that question. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's really hard for people to just hang up the phone on you, especially if you come across genuine, you're not being salesy and you're just like, Hey, listen, I'm just curious. Like, what was it that attracted your attention? Were, did we mislead you, you know, or were you misled? And you can, Oh, well, yes, I was, I was actually looking to just buy dog food. <laughs> oh, really? Well, that's, we got to fix our ads. You know, I got to well, call if, if, if you're right. Especially if they're, if you're buying leads and like, it's not a lead source you own, you're buying them from home advice, Angie's list, not knocking them. Yeah. Run that risk. Yeah, but you don't know how they got to you. So they may say- Home Advisor, that's a really good point because Home Advisor will put something together that says like, hey, calculate how much it costs to pay your home. Yeah. And then they'll they'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll calculate that. And then I'll be like, okay, great. A free pro will contact you with a with a, with a quote in 24 hours. And they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I thought I was going to get a calculation. I got people that called me and then I asked that question. They'll say, well, it just told me that it would give me an estimate. You know, and I'm like, well, you know, I mean, as much as I'm sure it could come up with a number for you. I mean, every house is different. I mean, could could I just ask? I mean, I, I'm going to be in your area tomorrow at one o'clock. Would you mind if I, I, I came by for 10 minutes? You know, just like that. And it's like, you know, when you come across like that, uh, you're making a friend and you're also lowering that fear, anxiety of meeting a person on the Internet. <laughs> you know? I mean, 100%. how many people come over to people's houses now? I think like, I don't know, we as contractors, we come to people's houses now more than their own friends and family. Right. Yeah. So like to me, like the psychology behind it is you need to be more you got to be more present, more trustworthy, more careful than ever uh, to really just make it to where it's it's an easy, easy, you know, uh, transition to get them to come to your house. And that's a great point of what you said about making a making a friend. Right. So like one thing, don't get me wrong, we had a pretty dialed in appointment setting process. Yeah. But one thing I always did was like I'd listen for those little things. Right. So like they mentioned when I asked them, like if it was just them in the home, because I'm figuring out decision makers and they mentioned, oh, they also have a dog. Right. Well, at the end, when I'm confirming that appointment going, OK, cool. Well, Janice, I'll see you tomorrow at 430. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to meeting that yellow lab of yours, too. Like those little things. Now, now, exactly. You're not a salesperson. You're a human. You're a friend. absolutely. Absolutely. And just so you guys know, we are live. So if you're watching this, you have a comment and you want to ask a question, uh, please leave that comment. So, you know, kind of pivoting from appointment setting, you know, it's really about there's a couple of things that I think are super important. You know, when you uh, are looking to attract a, you know, a high end customer or somebody that just appreciates a thorough sales process. Right. And I think there's a few things. Number one, it's communication. Right. When you're going to be there at what time, you know, maybe even making that extra attempt to confirm that appointment a day before or even a couple hours before, right? And then, you know, next thing would be actually showing up on time, right? I mean, you know, yeah, you could show up five or 10 minutes late. There's been times where I had an appointment at, let's say, two o'clock, and it was like 1.58, and I was going to be there at 2.04. But because I called at 1.58 and said, mm -hmm. hey, listen, I'm just running a few minutes behind, they actually made it a point to say, hey, I really appreciate you. I know it was just a couple minutes ago, but mm. nobody does that. Yet I'm like, yeah, I know. You know, I didn't want to yep. be late, but things happened. I, I came late, but they don't care. You could tell them, hey, listen, I'm not going to be here until next month. You know, they're just thankful that you told them.
you know, as opposed to the normal. I mean, and it's, and honestly, Eric, I mean, you could probably appreciate this, but I mean, I'm just being honest. When somebody schedules an appointment with you, you're on edge as a homeowner, right? Your whole day is like out, right? You're just kind of like in limbo. You're waiting and you have to put yourself in the position of the person that you're dealing with and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're, you know, your wife is like, Hey, can we go to the park later with the, with the kid? And you're like, no, I got an appointment at four. The guy's coming over, uh, four comes. Now I hate this guy mm-hmm. because he took away my park visit that I could have been with my kid because he, because he didn't show up on time. He didn't call me. Now I'm in definite limbo. This guy could be coming at five o'clock. Who knows? He's not answering his phone. There's nothing that that person can do to get me to, to, to buy from him. Would you agree? A hundred percent. Yeah. And just like you said, I mean, I think it's, I think people and homeowners, most of them, right. When we talk majorities are very understanding. So like, Hey, you're, you're about to go crush a big job and you're about to close a big deal. That's fine. I've done this before in my own sales calls for my company. I've just shot them a quick message. Hey, I'm going to be about 10 minutes late to our next call. Hey, Hey, just so you know, I'm running a little bit behind. I'll be there at 415 instead. Most people are completely understanding. And then they say, hey, honey, you got to, he's going to be here at 415. Let's take the dog to the park now. Or yeah. let's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, he followed up to confirm. Like, it's just like one of those things, bro. I just like, I, I, I see it through the eyes of the customers because they can't help but tell the good company, you know, about the, the poor interaction they had with the other companies. And I don't use that as leverage. I just know that it's not that hard to separate yourself. It's really not. I mean, it's a matter of just simply number one, caring, you know, and number two, being consistent. Now, here's the thing though. You got a lot of younger companies and part of why I wanted to bring you on here was for these younger companies, these guys, and you see it in the Facebook group, like, Hey, how do I, you know, do this when I first start? Hey, I'm getting ready to start my business. Do this. The problem with these guys is, is that they have to spend a large majority of their time in production. Therefore, as they're busy throughout their day, they're working, their hands are dirty, you know, oh crap, I got an appointment at four o'clock. It's three 30. They have to still wash out their brushes. They still got to go. And they just assume that it's okay. Or maybe it overlooks. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, you really need to make that as much of a priority as that one task that you're working on. You got to be a salesperson. You've got to be a marketer and you've got to be a producer and and you got to be an office admin at night and on the weekends, you know, but I think a majority of the guys are, are focused on, on the production. So what are some tips that you could give really to help them start embodying that sales role early on in their business, even though maybe they're only getting one or two estimates a week, or, you know, maybe they're, you know, trying to balance so many things. Do you have anything that you want to touch on uh, about that specifically? I think the biggest thing is just essentially a mindset shift, right? Like a big thing they talk about, I come from a slightly different world. So the big thing they talk about in the marketing agency world is like, ultimately, like if you're just starting out, right? Like if you're just starting out, your first goal, really any company has to be to set and close appointments. That's literally it. Like, and that sounds really backwards, right? I'm not saying don't care about your customer, but like your production doesn't matter if you don't have anything to produce. (laughs) If you don't have jobs, then the level of your production, the the slightly better brush, the slightly better subcontractor, like that stuff doesn't matter ultimately if you don't have more jobs on the books. 
Right. So I think it's that mindset shift. I'm not saying don't care about your customers. You're naturally going to care about your customers. You're naturally going to do but a better care job. about your future customers too. Exactly. You know, I think that's where we we mix up is we're so focused on that one customer in front of us. And I'm not saying that people give poor customer service. You probably won't be watching this or listening to this anyway. But I'm saying that like you care a lot about that one customer in front of you, but you also have that same level of care and awareness of the other customers in the future. And really they pay attention to this. Like, although that your customer right in front of you is your only priority. I mean, it's not your only priority. You have a lot to do. The customer's waiting for you to come over. Like all they're focused on is every move that you make. Like, even though that you might not think that calling an hour or 15 minutes before is like important, like they're like waiting for that call, waiting for that text message of confirmation, waiting for something. And, you know, it's so important that we focus on this because again, like if you do this well, your sales is going to be a lot easier than if you didn't do it well. Right. I mean, I think the bigger, like to drive that point home, um, even a bigger mindset shift for those people that are watching right now and going, Oh, well, I don't know. Like I need to do a good job. You are doing your customers a disservice, if you, especially if you're just starting out, you're one man show, you got one guy, you are doing your customers a disservice by not growing the company bigger, faster and getting more jobs on the books. Because what happens when you get more jobs on the books, right? Guess what? You get to hire more people on, you get to elevate yourself, right? You get to hire an office admin to do some of that scheduling for you so you can actually provide a better service. But you can't do that until you grow the business and have the revenue and have the resources to do that. So by focusing on production more instead of just setting and closing appointments and making that the number one priority, you're actually doing your customers and your business a disservice. Yeah, man. That's how I see it. You got to have it. I mean, you know, especially because sales starts off the business. You got to sell something in order to produce something. And then in, once you produce something, you want to sell more things. So you need marketing after that to give you more opportunity, which creates more sales. And it's like this, this revolving cycle of those things in which obviously we know one man show, one to two man teams, they, they very rarely get ahead because they don't have enough things going on around them to ensure that each area is being taken care of. But with the power of our phones here, okay, that we have, you do have the ability to be a phenomenal salesperson, even though you're not physically present. I mean, 10 years ago, they're probably, or 15, maybe 20 years ago, you weren't able to connect with a customer and tell them you were coming late. It was like, you either showed up or you didn't. And if you didn't, you know, they probably, they might already be gone gone. You know, you knock on the door, yeah. no one's home and you miss that opportunity. You can't send a follow-up email to tell them, Hey, you know, there, there was just nothing there. We have just so much opportunity now to be multiple places at once through the power of technology. So, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I, I really care enough about those guys who are just starting out to try to help them avoid the mistakes that I made, uh, that they will eventually make too, or if they haven't done so already, but make refine those mistakes. I had one lady one time, um, we were an hour late. And the only reason why we were an hour late was because I scheduled it wrong in my calendar. And I, the whole day I thought I had her at three o'clock and I get there at three o'clock. The look on this lady's face when I came, like, she was like, how dare you show up? Like I felt it. And then like, <laughs> it threw me off, dude. I mean, I would try to do my spiel and I apologize. I said, oh my goodness. I am so sorry. I had an oversight in my scheduling. I had you down for three. I do apologize. It lessened the blow a little bit because I came across genuine. Of course. But dude, I mean, I couldn't even communicate with this lady. I mean, I couldn't. There was just like no communication happening whatsoever. 
she wouldn't listen to me. And that's kind of what I use as like my, my base point is like, and she didn't hire us. You know, I came in, I even came in lower than I normally would to try to win her over <laughs> just to see if I could, and she wasn't having it. So, you know, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, you just really got to understand the dynamics of a homeowner, understand where they're coming from and, and what's important to them. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I tell people all the time, like if you have a decent lead source and you can get enough appointments on the books and confirm them and do all the right things and show up on time, like you don't have to be an amazing salesperson to grow your business and close jobs at a very profitable rate. Yeah. I have a, so we got a question coming up here. I want to make sure that we get to this question. I'll see. Uh, what would you recommend to promote a new business uh, to get those appointments on the books? Go ahead, Eric. Why don't you take this one? Uh, I mean, the first question I would have is how new, um, but assuming like you got a little bit of revenue coming in, I'm a little biased, right? I like Facebook. I like our system and how we use those platforms. Uh, they've been really good to us. Um, so that's what I would do. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, you know, I mean, it's a loaded question. There's a lot there. Right. You know, what would you recommend to promote a new business? Um, and that's kind of what we're focusing on today is like the new business dynamic. But really, you know, I'll be honest, some guys don't have the capital the capital to mm -hmm. spend, you know, on leads, on marketing guys like like you or Ryan, you know, um, my 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 favorite, you know, trusted guys that are expensive because they should be, you know, at some threshold, you got to pay for good help. So really what I, where I come down to is like this, like you have to first understand how many jobs do you really need, you know, for what you're trying to accomplish. Like when I first started, I only needed one job a week, really one to two jobs a week, eight jobs a month. You know, look in your neighborhood. There's 200 houses probably. And each one of them are a customer twice because you can do inside and outside. So it's like, you know, you have to use your own devices initially to generate business. Okay. So ultimately I would give this person the advice to first exercise your organic resources. Would you agree? I mean, first let's get a Facebook page together. Let's make sure that we got a nice looking website, make sure that we get on Google, my business, right? Cause here's the thing about Google, my business, look up local painters in your area. Okay. Look at who's got the most reviews and then set that as your milestone for how many reviews you're going to get. It won't take you long because chances are it's under 50. You know, so ultimately, like to be a top dog on Google, it doesn't take much. It really just takes an adamant uh, approach to getting reviews. And then from there, uh, it's word of mouth. I think that you should tap your local network. My very first job actually did come from a friend of a friend. Mm -hmm. And then I got my feet wet. I was able to make mistakes and learn. And, you know, we did horrible, but that's okay. You know, we learned. So I think that like utilize those organic areas first. Post on Facebook that you're starting a business. Hey, do you know anyone? Hit up your friends. Say, hey, I mean, anyone and everyone could use a paint job. It's not like we're selling, you know, uh, uh, tools to go into a NASA spaceship, you know? So it's like one of those things where you really have to figure out the dynamic and then, uh, you know, and then approach that organically. And then you pay somebody to help you once you're ready to to invest heavily in that. Would you let, me, let me add to that. Cause I actually, I actually had a guy reach out, I think maybe from this group and ask me like, Hey, I'm just starting out. Like I literally have like $200 to my name. Like how can I get ads up and running? And I was like, you shouldn't, but like, and this is what I would do if I was just starting out. I do exactly what Tanner said. I'd put it out to all of my friends and family. Um, and assuming like I got a couple jobs from there, I would also set up a referral fee structure, right? So, Hey, if you do, who do you know? Right. I wouldn't give them a choice. Who do you know? that would benefit from a similar service, from a similar project being done. Um, and then if they decide to go with us, I will give you 10% of that job, 5% of that job, whatever it is to incentivize them more. Right. I would literally go in post in Facebook marketplace 
Um, you know, keep in mind, yeah, you're, you're not going to be getting top dollar for these projects, but you're just starting out. I'd go post in Facebook marketplace. Um, I would go in local homeowner Facebook groups. So like your local town, the, those Facebook groups, like I know we have one, my mom's always in it, like Strongsville moms. She's always buying weird stuff in there. I'd go in there. This probably sounds really weird. I'd post about your service. I'd literally go and DM those people. Wow. Guess what? You're also going to learn appointment setting and sales really fast doing that. Yeah. I go and DM all those people outbound. Yeah. Right? You don't need to go knock a bunch of doors or cold calls. You can reach out to a hundred people in an Yeah. Hour. Facebook is digital door knocking, man. It really is. I mean, you have the yep. ability to send a hundred people a DM in 15 you're minutes. You're going to get a lot of no's because they didn't raise their hand and say, I'm interested. So you're going to get a yeah, lot of no's. You're do people when you knock on a door. Yeah, you exactly. Know, Facebook will probably slow you down though. But ultimately, like, you know, and that's a good point. Like, Facebook groups are, I mean, think about it. Like, you can go into a neighborhood Facebook group share a photo of a before and after. And then, you know, from there, you know, uh, you know, you're getting leads. I mean, it's insane, right? So it's just really about having confidence in that approach. But again, think about what the customer does once they get your information, right? Did they just call? No, no one does that. No one's that stupid to just call. Oh, okay. This, you know, we're way past that as a species and on Facebook, right? What do we do? We do our own research, right? We're smart enough to at least Google the company before we invite them over, right? We're smart enough to go to the Facebook page of the company. If you got a Facebook page that has no profile picture, if you got a Facebook page that has no posts and you're advertising your service, maybe the one post you advertise, I'm not going to call you. I have no trust built with you. You don't, you don't deserve my call yet. I mean, so you should be focusing on that online presence. And really that just comes down to building trust, right? So like if you go on Google, all right, you're going to see a bunch of reviews. And, you know, I think a lot of people need to know this. You think like, man, it's hard to get reviews. Like, or first of all, you can incentivize for them, which Alex shared in one of our previous Contractor Secrets uh, episodes. It was a great episode. Alex says that he takes off $25 of the balance if they leave a review right then and there. The guy has over 350 five-star reviews across all channels. Okay, so that's one way. 25 bucks to get a review, it's well worth it. That's number one. And number two, you can get character reviews from friends and family. Don't have them lie about you painting for them. Just have them write a character review. Say, Hey, you know, if John's starting this company, I know it's going to be done right. He's been a friend of mine for 10 years, you know, and that's how you, that's how you do it. hundred percent. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. All that stuff's great. I think you can, I think you can get a lot of jobs without that. Don't get me wrong. Like we've had guys without websites with a profile picture of them, not a logo or anything, just crush it on our system. But all that stuff helps, especially if you're just starting out and you're not buying leads, that goes a long way. Yeah, you got to think anytime like you're marketing, like anytime you're selling, you have to think of the person you're selling to and you have to think of the person that you're marketing to. You have to actually mentally em emulate or, you know, if, if that's the word, like put yourself in their shoes, right? Like you've got to understand like what they would think if you did this, how would they think if you did that? Not all the time you're going to be right or else you'd be the number one marketer in the United States. If you knew what <laughs> everyone would react to and everybody would, you know, but you kind of come up with your best guess, your best educated guess. And for me, it's like, okay, let's pay attention to how people are buying. And when I look at how people are buying, what do, where do we buy everything almost? Amazon. Okay. What do we do before we buy something we read reviews so for me like it was a no-brainer to make sure that my online presence had a ton of reviews on it because that's how people are buying now 
And I love talking to the older guys, man. They're stuck in 1995. Like they really truly believe that it doesn't matter. And it's like, oh, well, our customers give word of mouth. Well, guess what? When your customer gets word of mouth, they take your name and then they throw it in the Google search. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's what they do just to double check. I mean, everyone feels confident in their own ability to do their own research. And I think that you need to make sure that you focus on that. Would you agree? Do you think that's what people are doing? You think they're tossing? 100% agree. 100% agree. I mean, yeah. And I think it is like platform dependent in a lot of ways. A lot of people on Facebook coming in from like our type of system probably aren't looking at a lot of that stuff. But again, it, it helps. It 1000% helps if when they click to your profile, they see a website and on that website, they see reviews and a link to Google that boasts 300 more reviews. All that stuff helps a ton. Yeah, it helps. I mean, I think that companies could take it to the next level. I mean, you know, God forbid you turn the camera around and start talking into it and just telling your story about your business and talking about, you know, walking through a job site. You know, I mean, like you got to get over that fear of like, what do I look like on camera? What are my friends going to think about me? Like, who cares? Like, get on there, talk about your company, show your employees, say, hey, you know, we're painting this house today. Mr. And Mrs. Jones are loving it. We got plastic on the floor, papered up. You know, we're spraying cabinets today. So tune in for the next one. And it's like, you might think like, who's going to watch that? And it's like, you don't know who's going to watch that, dude. You got to just do it. And then when somebody's ready to make a decision of whether or not they're going to hire you, they may watch that video. They're going to see your personality mm -hmm. and they're going to get to see your process ahead of time. They're, they're going to be able to make a decision based off of trust before they actually experience the, you know, the interaction, which, I mean, that's what we got to focus on. They may not be watching it when you post it. But like you have to think of some of that as legacy content, yeah, right? That's if you're posting, legacy content. They, then, then guess what? A year later, you're running ads, okay? And somebody clicks on that and they scroll through. They haven't opted into the ad yet because they don't know who you are and they're really skeptical, right? So they click on your profile and they start scrolling through stuff and they see some of that stuff that you posted. You maybe posted it three months ago and they're like, oh, okay, this is a real person. Oh, wow. That job that he's walking through, that's like the exact color I want. And now yeah. they're in and now they opt in. Oh, dude, I, it works on me and I know the game. It works <laughs> on me so well. It's crazy. Cause I'll see, I saw this, uh, this paver company. They were laying like some really nice, um, pavers. Like, I mean, it, the, the, the commercial was phenomenal. You got the owner there and he's mm -hmm. like, you know, Hey, my name's John with, you know, pavers USA. And you know, today we're at Mrs. Jones house and we're like laying down some pavers. And I'm like, golly, that looks so good, man. Mm -hmm. And what did I do? You know, I was like, I'm not ready to buy pavers, but what I do, I went to that page and liked it. So I wouldn't lose their information for when I am ready. And, and guess what I'm seeing? <laughs> yeah, now I'm retargeted. And guess what I'm seeing every day? I'm seeing John from Pavers USA pop up saying, Hey, Tanner, you know, you know, I didn't say my yeah. name, but you know what I mean? That's kind of what's happening. And it's like, okay, cool. And I'm not even mad at that though. I'm not even like, ah, oh, get this off of here. It's like, no, that'll be good for when I'm ready. You know, it'll be good for when I'm ready. So yeah. it's like, you know, one of those things, like, and that's another thing that we want to talk about is like, you know, at some point, everyone's going to need our services. Everyone is going to need painting at some point in any capacity of their life, whether they're moving, whether they're, you know, needing to freshen up, not saying they're going to buy it. They're just going to need it. And your job is to kind of convert that need to a tangible interaction. You got to convert that need to money transferring to you to do the service. And how do you do that? I think it could be anything. It could be posts that come up. Oh, and next time you have a really nice job, post about it, please show the world. Cause that could be what converts somebody to move forward. Would you agree? Yeah. One thing I want to touch on, cause I'm sure you probably hear this a lot, Tanner, at least I hear it a lot is man, that's a lot of effort. I'm not a big tech savvy guy. I don't want to be posting every single day. That's, you know, that's a lot of effort. I always forget to do it. Right. The, 
the asterisk I want to put on this is don't be wrong. If you're starting out, if you're, like you're just starting out, zero marketing budget, nothing, you should be going as hard as you can at it. But if you're a little bit established, like you don't need to be Gary Vee and posting 10 times a day. Post when you're done with a job. Like as you as stuff comes up in the business, just post about it. I mean, if you literally look at my profile, like I just post as stuff is happening. Yeah, you got to be quick. Like, like if you put it on the back burner, you won't do it. I won't do it. Yeah, just post as it's happening. Post, yeah, yeah make do a video film it once. Post it. You know, um, don't don't overthink it. One post a week is is plenty, assuming you're a little bit established and it's not like your primary source of bringing in business. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that you got to make it to where it's not a chore. Um, you know, and again, I mean, look at it, look at it like this, you know, at the end of the day, what we try to do on Facebook is we try to help people get to know us, get to know who we are. I mean, we're posting more to our friends who are never going to buy from us than we are to our freaking business pages where we can actually generate some income for ourselves and our families, you know, and I think that you need to pay attention to really what you are posting to your friends and then what you're posting in your business. I stopped posting my friends a long time ago. I mean, a long time ago, like two to two to four, two to three years ago, I'll share some things here and there, a little bit of family stuff, but you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm posting to my audience, to my, to my, uh, to my, uh, you know, um, customers, to people that, you know, it's going to, it's going to be worth my time to do it, you know? Um, and, and for me, that's just something that I do in terms of being able to value my time and understand that, you know, to post to both my friends consistently and my, uh, audience and customers, that would be an overload. So I only do it, <laughs> I only do it for the people that I know uh, are going to truly benefit from it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same exact way. I mean, my family knows all my posts for the most part are all pretty much business related. Yeah. 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 We got to keep it business related, man. So we still got a couple more people watching. If you have any questions for uh, Eric and I just uh, drop them in the comments. We'll do our best to answer them for you. Last part of this, man, I kind of want to touch base with you about really what it takes to sustain uh, your Facebook guy. So I, I know that I wanted to hit on a little bit of Facebook, but what does it take to, you know, to sustain a solid Facebook campaign for a company? But here's the kicker sometimes you have companies that can't even keep up with the leads that you give them. And I know that you run into that a lot. You have to, I mean, there's mm -hmm. guys that, I mean, I know you can generate leads. You're great at it, but there are people that have to be like, Hey man, I can't keep up. So let's talk about how to help those companies grow a little bit and, you know, be able to take on a little bit more. What is your advice to a company uh, like that? A company that is getting a lot of lead flow and can't keep up with it. Right. You need a more specific type of lead flow because I'm assuming I'm assuming what the, the context of that is also like they still have the bandwidth to take on more. They're not booked for six months. Right. Well, I think that it comes down to this. I think that there's a certain capacity certain companies hit where they're like, OK, I mean, first of all, being booked six months is never a good thing. I mean, yeah, I could book someone out for two years. I mean, that's that to me, like some people brag about that. And I'm like, dude, that's not a good thing. I mean, your customers definitely aren't happy about that as much as they're they they say that they're patient and they'll wait. They want to move on to their next project, dude. I mean, I think anything greater than two months means that you are inhibiting your growth. If you are booked out beyond two months and you're just, you're either scared to grow or you don't know how. So I won't talk about the people that are scared to grow. I want to talk about the people that don't know how to grow. Just some advice that you would give them uh, on how to grow their business to the point to where they can handle more lead flow, handle more business. Yeah. I mean, Tanner's got an amazing hiring process. I recommend it to everybody. Um, so ultimately, like 
if, if you are at that point where you're booked out several months, um, again, I think similar to the mindset shift um, I, I mentioned earlier, I think a lot of people in this industry, I'm sure you hear it all the time too, are scared to bring on team, are scared to you know hire on more people because it's a headache. You did it once before, it didn't work out. Have you ever painted a job once and it didn't go that well? Like that, that's natural. That's part of growing as a business owner and as an entrepreneur, right? Um, so invest in yourself. What I said earlier, invest in people that have hired successfully and have completely robust hiring systems and figure that out. Right. The other thing I'll say, um, to bring it back to a marketing point of view, what I see a lot, I see a lot of people that, um, have, have only grown by word of mouth and they're very proud of it. And they, they should be, there's a lot to be proud of. Um, and they aren't hiring anybody. And when I actually dive into it with them as to why more often than not, it's not actually because they don't don't think they can find good people. They're sure they can you know, buy Tanner's hiring course and, and figure that out or have a conversation with them, figure it out. Um, more often than not, they're not confident enough that they have enough lead flow coming in from word of mouth to keep that guy busy. So you crushed it. You got an A player. And more often than not, I see people not confident enough in their word of mouth alone or in how they're generating leads to bring on that person and continue to raise that up with them and keep that person busy. Wow. That's so true. Yeah, it's true. Because I think, I think, well, here's the thing, like even in any business, you know, business comes with uncertainty and your inability to predict results. Every business is, again, if somebody had a business where they can predict results and have uncertainty, you've hit the jackpot. But in our business, we don't, we don't know how many, how many leads we're going to get. We don't know how many jobs we're going to sell. So to be able to hire before we know those things comes with a certain level of confidence. What is that confidence anchored to? Marketing. So it's like they go hand in hand. Like if you know you have a great marketer, if you know you have a great, uh, you know, somebody that can really, you know, bring you leads, then it's an easy decision to hire more people. But if you're trying to do marketing on your own and again, leaving it up to your own devices early on might work. But when you have to get three or four jobs in a week, then you're gonna have to stretch your wings out a little bit and reach some further places. So, you know, that's why I said it all comes down to the balance when you have a decent team that you can grow on and build on. You need marketing to give you the confidence to do that. And then you need sales to keep that income coming in. And, and really where we're getting at is this, you need help. <laughs> you need help. I mean, there's no way around it. I need help. I mean, anyone who's in the business knows they need help after a certain threshold that's in sales and in marketing. And I think that the conversation I usually have is with a business owner who their strength is painting their strength is remodeling or whatever it is they're so good at it and really they're so tied to that aspect of the business that anything else intimidates them and it's not because it's scary it's because they're afraid of what they're going to be letting go in terms of quality so for me i say well the reason why that is is because you're probably taking on too many different types of jobs that's usually what it comes down to and if you're taking on too many different types of jobs it's because your marketing is not niched down. Like you don't have a system to bring in the right types of jobs. You're taking on everything. So it's like, if you have somebody like you who can say, okay, you only want interior painting jobs, no problem. Let's make it yeah. happen. Now I, I, this isn't a home advisor spot, but ultimately that's what they're pretty good at is you can narrow down exactly what you want out of them. And you can, you can pretty much tell them what you want. Same with Angie's list, thumbtack, anything you tell them what you want. And it's like, when you have a solid marketing system like that, not comparing you to them, you get a much more personal experience with Eric, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but when you have that narrowed down, then you can step back and really just start small. Like for us, this was something early on in my business that I did without even knowing I was doing it is I only took exterior painting. 
which was the easiest painting job that I could take because number one, we didn't have to be so clean outside. Number two, I didn't have to worry about people stealing or taking things. Number three, I didn't have to worry about dirtying up someone's carpet. And number four, no one was going to look at our cut lines as much as they would if they were inside. So for me, like I knew that my business was not good enough to take on interior jobs. And it's not that I wasn't good enough because I could do it, but my business wasn't. The people that I hired, they still were learning how to paint. So I had to put them in a position to succeed and maybe a job type that wasn't as difficult. And I was able to do that through marketing the exact type of job type, types that I wanted. Yeah. Any any marketing you do, it doesn't matter if it's us. It doesn't matter if it's Google. It doesn't matter if it's Home Advisor. Any marketing you do, if you can niche down to a certain degree, you're going to get better results. If you yeah. can narrow it down to a project, interior painting, exterior painting, bathroom remodels, you're, you're going to get better results. It doesn't matter the platform. Boom. I love it. I love it. Eric, I think that's our time, man. I want to thank you. Uh, for jumping on here and uh, the Contractor Secrets Podcast, man. Where can people find you? Yeah, best place, um, Instagram at Eric, uh, E-R-I-C, Foz, F-O-Z-Z, abbreviation because my last name is extremely difficult. Um, <laughs> but you can also add me on Facebook. I'm really active there, Eric Fosnot, F-A-S-N-A-C-H-T. It should be on the screen awesome. for watching live. Awesome. Thank you for joining me, man. And thank you guys for listening to Contractor Secrets Podcast live. Really appreciate it. Catch you guys later. Drip Jobs CRM is finally here. That's right. So Drip Jobs is an automation platform for contractors, home service professionals. It's going to automatically follow up with your customers. It's going to allow you to send invoices, estimates. It's going to allow you to send out blast marketing emails to individuals based on where they are in the buying process. This software is next level. And I'm reaching out to you. You're a listener of this podcast, and I want you to be one of the first ones to give it a shot. So if you want to see what Drip Jobs can do for your business, I'd love for you to head over to dripjobs.com, sign up for a free demo, and get your team involved, and let us sit with you and show you how powerful this software is. It's going to save you time. It's going to make you money, and you're going to love the features that are built into Drip Jobs. So if you want to check it out, head over to dripjobs.com, and we will give you first priority being a podcast listener uh, to be one of the very first to try out Drip Jobs in your home service business. I'm super excited to share that with you, and I'll catch you on the next episode.